This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Have a listen to this. Have a listen to this. Now, that kind of talk this week dragged Australia's share market to a two-year low. There are, of course, Stephen Bradbury of He was the big spender. The big spender. Doing Mr. the grocery shopping could take a huge chunk out of the family budget. And that's finance. Hello and welcome to a extra bonus episode this week of Comedian vs. Economist. We felt there was so much to unpack with everything happening with the FTX saga that we wanted to give it a bit of a bit of room to breathe. So lucky you, you get two episodes from us this week. Uh, my name's Adam and we're joined as always by my little older brother and real life economist, Thomas. Hi, Thomas. Yeah, real life cri- crypto expert too, actually. <laughs> In the podcast world, you can be anything you want. Uh, much like crypto. Grab yourself a bucket of popcorn uh, and settle in as we enjoy another episode of Whoa, Nobody Saw That Coming from the World of Crypto. (laughs) Thomas, three words, F-T-X. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, what is going on? (laughs) Yeah, it just gives so much, so much on the way up, so much on the way down. Um, So what's FTX? FTX is a crypto exchange, so yeah, we might we'll go back to sort of first principles for a little bit just to catch people up because it's all over the place, it's all over the news, but maybe you haven't fully got to got into all the detail of it. So we'll sort of so forgive us if you're across this already, but we'll start with at first principles. And maybe you've just been ignoring crypto by choice <laughs> since the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and this is just like this is just like another one of those schoolyard brawls that kicks off and you're just like, I'm not even going to go and watch. The idiots are fighting again and something's <laughs> going wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so FTX is a crypto exchange. A crypto exchange like Binance, is, I think FTX is the second or the third biggest in the world. Binance is the biggest one, uh, probably the best well known. It's a place where you dump your fiat into it and then trade between currencies and then at some point pull your fiat back out. So I take my Aussie dollars, I go and buy some some Solana or some mm. Ethereum or Bitcoin. I watch it tank <laughs> and then I take out less Australian dollars than I put in. That's 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 been my experience so far. And the crypto <laughs> yeah. exchange is where that where those losses happen. Yes, um, yeah, that's right. But it can go up, of course. Yeah, so FTX is a crypto exchange. Uh, it has a particular bent towards derivatives and futures. Park that in your mind. That'll be important later. It issues a token called FTT, which is an interesting token because they issue it and then commit to buy it back if they make nice profits. So it functions like an equity in the mm. sense of if if they get if the profits go up, then you your token value goes up and you get a return. Uh, but totally was an equity because they didn't want to come under SEC governance. 
right. by issuing equity. So very clever, innovative financial instrument. The well, this is crypto works all over, like isn't equity. It? Yeah, yeah. Just working to their own rules. It's like equity on the blockchain. So it worked like equity, but it wasn't equity. Mm. Um, that was the token FTT. Okay, so that's what that's what FTX is. A couple of weeks ago, FTX was worth thirty-two billion dollars. It had just raised some money at a valuation of thirty-two billion. Today, it's worth nothing. It's bankrupt. It's bust. So it's a massive wipeout of theoretical wealth in a very short time. Like <laughs> <laughs> you putting theoretical wealth in there. <laughs> so it's either a massive like economic disaster or someone lost a spreadsheet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it was like it's like writing down my bank balance is a billion dollars and then I'd forgot where I saved bank balance.xlsx. Well, yeah, I mean, so no, there, there are definite losers who have lost real money. Like right. the, the asset managers that invested in FTX at that $32 billion valuation, yeah, like Sequoia right. Capital, Tiger Fund, SoftBank as well, picked another winner. Um, <laughs> they've lost real money. Their, 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 their stake's gone to zero. But also the customers who had put their fiat into the exchange but hadn't yet taken it out, mm. they've lost everything as well. Well, we don't know. Like they've they've declared bankruptcy. Administrators have been appointed. Some I saw one analyst saying people customers will be lucky to get five cents in the dollar. They had money in FTX. Wasn't it? Wasn't it Sequoia Capital that basically came out and said we invested two hundred and thirty mm. million, but we now consider zero. that to yeah. be worth zero. Yeah. So this story is changing like by the minute. And I think also, didn't they, so before, either just before or just after they declared bankruptcy, they also got hacked or might have got hacked. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I say it might or might not have been hacked, I mean, people saw some money move because everything's recorded yeah, on the blockchain. Yeah, yeah. So people who were keeping an eye on it, obviously a fairly close <laughs> eye on it as, as events unfolded, people saw tons of money start moving out of FTX. And then speculation, which is is bread and butter for the cryptosphere. Mm. Speculation then suggested, well, it's been hacked. But then some other people are saying, no, no, that's just that's just um, the administrator mm. moving money. And then some other people are saying, no, that's SBF or Sam Bankman-Fried doing some like moving some money so that to support his new lifestyle <laughs> in the Bahamas. <laughs> Yeah. So, so this, so this so is the, a key character. So Sam, Sam Bankman-Fried, if you haven't come across it, he was like, he became crypto royalty quite quickly. And he was on the cover of Fortune magazine or Forbes magazine and had a real hype built around him as being this visionary founder who wanted to use his crypto wealth for good. Uh, he built and owned FTX as well as... Uh, 130 associated entities that we've that we've learned from the bankruptcy filing so like he had this sprawling kind of organizational structure that for a brief period of time had his net worth somewhere around 16 billion dollars so it was very rich but a lot of that wealth has evaporated and i think he's arrested now last i heard they sent someone around to the bahamas and picked him up i thought he's in argentina I th- yeah, well, I, think, I think, no, think he fled wherever he was, and he's now in Argentina. But he might have—they might have caught up with him. I, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. They caught up with him. But so, so how did that? How did that happen? So we're talking about 
FTX going to zero. Yeah, so so FTX was doing some funny things. One of those was the token that worked like equity but wasn't equity. Um, yeah. The other thing is that so SBF, this was that's what they call him, um, had 130 different entities. One of those was Alameda, which was a crypto hedge fund. So sort of asset manager in the crypto space, taking punts on cryptocurrencies, trying to generate, mm. generate a return. That was Alameda. What it looks like it's turned out is that FTX had a backdoor installed in it that allowed SBF to move customer money from FTX to Alameda without alerting anybody else, without alerting auditors or anyone. Not that the auditors look like much chop, they look like cowboys too, but... (laughs) (laughs) We're the crypto specialist auditors, the audit. How long have you been in the game? About 20 minutes. (laughs) This wasn't a job an hour ago. (laughs) Nobody had this job as a crypto auditor. And now here we are. Yeah. So, So Alameda was out in the market taking punts on crypto leveraging Mm. quite leverage punts on crypto the collateral it was using to make those punts was ftt tokens right so on the balance sheet they've got the collateral which is these ftt tokens which are linked to their their partner organization Mm. which they're sort of borrowing money from or funneling money from i think almeida was the first one that that sbf started he started that as a trading that's right, that's right. Like that was his trading account kind of set up. Mm. And then he decided, I need an exchange, like a good exchange that'll take all my dodgy trades. <laughs> yeah. um, so he's yeah. like, well, I'll just build my own exchange. And mm. that's how FTX started. Yeah, yeah. So there's a, yeah, intrinsically linked. Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. So mm. that's super dodgy. The FTX customers had no idea that the money that they had put in FTX had now gone mm. out the door, out the back door to Alameda to take punts on shit coins. They didn't know that was going on. And it seemed- I mean, they would have, they, there's every chance they would have been supportive of it if they'd just been <laughs> open about what was going on. Yeah. It's like, look, just to let you know, you've bought some FTT and we've got your money. We're going to use that money while we've got it. We're just going to use it. And we're going to take some punts on some pretty, some pretty rock solid tips <laughs> that we've got. <laughs> you yeah. cool with that like, yeah, yeah sure, sure. I, I get a cut of the profits sure yeah I'll get equity no 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 equity just okay no sure. equity. just punts no. alright definitely profits though yeah even moon you might even moon <laughs> oh I like moon so okay so so that's going on so that's sort of that's that's the revelations that the Wall Street Journal and the Financial Times are saying and if that's true mm. I'm not I don't know but that's fraud that's just basic fraud garden variety okay. fraud um <laughs> if that's what's going on all right and and the, th- and the interesting thing is like i've had a few people come out and just go what was he thinking you know you've got hmm. ftx was was handling high volumes taking like a two basis point cut on every trade it was it was a cash cow why would you put it at risk by fleecing it to to run some speculative bets like how greedy are you? This is sort of the question. It's like, how greedy have you got to be that you're willing to to risk killing your cash cow just to make some extra profit somewhere else? Like, you're already $16 billion up. Like, really? Like, what? what? Like, this just seems so greedy to the point of stupid. Yeah, which is crypto. 
that's the slogan crypto <laughs> crypto greedy to the point of stupid <laughs> oh it's funny because yeah. it's true <laughs> yeah i mean and it's also like how do you not have an exit strategy mm. in this story right like how do you end up fleeing to argentina or getting arrested either either case you're in trouble either do you not know what you're doing is illegal and that might be possible you but it doesn't sound like it. it sounds like fairly vanilla fraud mm. or you don't you know i mean maybe like the, the weird thing around the ftt tokens operating like equity but not being equity that might be just be something that someone just didn't know is isn't appropriate or is borderline illegal you could i think you could plead ignorance on that well i think that i think the entire the entire executive team at ftx I think they had a combined experience of about four and a half weeks of <laughs> of management of you know like the, yeah. the chief risk officer, the chief finance officer. I think they were you know they were yeah, a bit out of their like, depth, a little bit out of their depth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, okay. So so the FTT token. So my understanding is that Binance came into it at this point, right? Yeah, that's right. So. So they're doing this dodgy stuff and maybe no one knows, except maybe that Changpeng Zhao knows. So mm, Zhao is CZ. CZ. Or do we say CZ because we're an Australian podcast? I'm going to say CZ. CZ is the owner of Binance, who's their biggest competitor on the market. Don't mess with CZ. <laughs> he took down SBF and FTX. <laughs> don't, be, don't, be just, don't be dissing CZ and just picking your own name for him like some big hot. He'll take down this podcast. <laughs> Quick as look at it. Probably right. So he, he runs Binance, which is their biggest is the biggest exchange in the industry, big competitor of FTX. Also happens to own quite a lot of FTT, mm. the token of FTX, which is a bit like Microsoft owning Apple shares. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's just a bit odd. And then... But at the start of the week, he comes out and says, you know what, we're just selling all of our FTT holdings. We, mm. we just don't like it anymore. Something's off. We're, we're out. We're getting rid of it. And everyone's like, whoa, okay. That's interesting. I think not only did he do that, but Binance, which is the biggest, one, the biggest crypto exchange in the world, also removed the FTT token from... You couldn't buy it on Binance anymore. Oh, is that right? So, yeah, so that was a massive, <laughs> that was a massive signal, market signal, along with we think it's shit, we're getting out. They're <laughs> 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 from the head of Binance, from the head of the biggest crypto exchange in the world. Along with that sentiment, they also said we're also you can't buy it here anymore. Mm. Um, we think it's rubbish, and yeah, so yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that then... Markets read that markets, as a signal. Yeah. Took that as a signal. <laughs> and then everyone went and... and then so, what, so I think they just went to, to try and sell to liquidate their FTT, right? Yeah, well, well the, there was an interesting step in the middle of that where the CEO of Alameda, the hedge fund run by, you know, associated with SBF, came out and said they would buy all of Binance's FTT at $22 each. At a fixed price in a private trade. So it's like we'll mm. we'll take it all. We believe in it. We'll give it all. CZ went, yeah, nah. I'm thinking I'm going to sell it in the market, and I'm just going to wait until it drops and drops and drops. So it doesn't look like he got out of that trade. Do you know what right. I mean? 
Like he would have, yeah. like they own, Binance owned a lot of FTT. What you would normally do is sell all of your FTT without crashing the market somehow, like breaking up the trades, not doing it all in one hit, and then announcing after the fact, hey, we've sold all our FTT. Mm. He didn't do that. He sparked a panic and then sold into the panic. And so this sort of the interesting story there seems to be that SBF looked like he was trying to corner Washington. It looked like he wanted to be the go-to guy for crypto regulation. He wanted to be the, the, the person that was shaping crypto regulation in America. And he mm. was doing that through big political donations, particularly to the Democrat Party, and then massive marketing campaign both of himself and he sort of like had this whole persona and was getting all these puff pieces published and doing lots of things but then also all the sports sponsorships like ftx was you're probably more across this but they, didn't they own a football stadium or something or this ftx was everywhere in fact i still saw them being advertised in the cricket world cup final last night still oh really the logo was on yeah it was on the tv last night yeah, they, they had sponsorships with Major League Baseball. They sponsored the umpires. They sponsored, what I love was the Mercedes F1 team. Uh-huh. Um, and the beautiful thing about that was that Mercedes were like, ah, oh, I don't know. I don't know that we we need to jump into this crypto thing. I think we should wait like 18, 24 months. I don't know that this this kind of whole space is where we want it to be. I don't think this is what we want to tie our brand to. <laughs> and then someone within Mercedes was like, oi, seriously, if we don't get on now, we're going to miss the boat. And like total total crypto FOMO. So Mercedes was like, all right, well, who's the, <laughs> who are we going with? And they did, they did their due diligence and decided that FTX was the best run <laughs> crypto exchange to, to saddle up to. So they did that and then, yeah, literally um, not long after that, FTX falls in a heap. But this is the thing, I think this is the thing that bothers me so much about this, the sport tie-up with a crypto exchange and general sports brand association in general is all these like the official partner of Major League Baseball. Like FTX was the official crypto exchange of Major League Baseball. What does Major League Baseball <laughs> need with a crypto exchange? <laughs> I don't know. You see it in Australia. Like, did you know that uh, Did you know that Colgate is the official smile of the <laughs> AFL? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, I get it. They have to be something other than the official cash provider <laughs> to the AFL in exchange for product placement and logo promotion and whatever. But uh, I don't know. It's, it, it, oh, I just get, it's just all a so bit, dumb. it's all a bit false. It's all a bit sort of mm. flimsy kind of like, oh, we're the official breakfast yeah. cereal of the AFL. Mm. Um, but it's worrying because the AFL, <laughs> the AFL has an official crypto exchange which is crypto.com and crypto.com this morning accidentally came out they accidentally <laughs> transferred 400 million to the wrong account like so again you go why does the afl need <laughs> an official crypto exchange i guess the afl is probably in talks right now with marsh who is the official risk partner of the <laughs> afl <laughs> 
<laughs> which might make a lot more sense off the back of uh, off the back of the FTX and crypto debacle. Is it really an official risk partner of the AFL? Yeah, yeah. Mark, wow. the official risk partner of that of the AFL, helping manage the official crypto exchange of the AFL. I'd, I'd imagine right about now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. No, I mean, they had they were FTX was everywhere. They they had a I think the Miami Heat mm. renamed their stadium. They had naming rights for the stadium. Mm. They pretty much owned a couple of college football teams. Yeah. That was their marketing strategy was to kind of get their brand out there through sports teams and then celebrities and influencers like Tom Brady, the quarterback for well, famously with the was it Patriots. Mm. He yeah, he was like, I'm all in. <laughs> Way to go, Tom. Uh, I think he's still doing all right. That was just their marketing strategy, I guess. Yeah, but it was more than that. Like he was really selling himself as the visionary, cryptos for good, working Mm. with government, not against government, that side of things. And I think like, I mean, I think like why Mercedes sort of ended up going with them is because it looked like it was a perfect disguise. Like why would you be pushing for regulation if you weren't Mm. dodgy, if you were dodgy, you know? You just wouldn't think so. Think like, oh, well, obviously the camp that's being noisiest about having appropriate regulation is the one that is probably least afraid of regulation. Ironically, they were doing heaps of dodgy stuff and would have been destroyed by regulation, but they had this... They were... just turned out they were the least aware of regulation. (laughs) 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 They had the least understanding of of regulation. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, that's right. All right, look, so, well, let's, let's, can we pause here? Um, there's a lot to get through. So on the other side of this, we're, we're going to talk about the implications for crypto prices, for broader asset markets, and future of Bitcoin in general and, and crypto in general. Um, as I say, there's so much, there's, uh, this story has got so much to give. There's so many different angles. Um, check out The Dive and also Crypto Curious from Equity Mates Media. They've, they've both run stories on it. Um, there's so much to get into. So, um, yeah, stick around. Lots more coming up right after the break. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back. You're on Comedian versus Economist, a special bonus episode this week for you. We're, we're talking about FTX, the crypto exchange that has gone under. So we've covered off, Thomas, what it is and how it came to be, and then also quickly how it came to not be. So I guess the question now is, what does it mean for crypto? Um, what are the implications here for for crypto prices, I guess, to yeah, begin with? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's start there. I've identified a few implications. And none of them are good. Mm, yeah, okay. they're all 
Oh, I mean, so the first thing is that, that saying you don't know who's swimming naked until the tide starts going out. So that's I think that's what we're looking at now in the whole crypto space is it's like like you can you can get away with a scheme which is where you're funneling money from an exchange to a hedge fund to take punts when the market's going up and all those punts are paying off when yeah. those punts stop paying off then the hedge fund gets into trouble and your the entities associated with the hedge fund are getting are getting into trouble as well now that might be because they're they're linked by as owners but it's also like who was lending to alameda ftx was but who else was so whoever else was lending to ftx or any of the 130 entities in that mess mm. they're in trouble now too so this is sort of how leverage unwinds and there's no cover now because everyone's everyone's going to be checking like oh who who am i with how stable are they are they how exposed are they to these other players um there's a lot of dodgy characters out there how like even if you you, you think you, you you know you're going to be rechecking that you the partners that you're dealing with um, particularly if you're lending the money to make crypto bets yeah so that that starts to unwind and that sort of that has a freezing effect you might have more collapses come out of this that's the risk here you know that we, we see more and more entities going bust on the back of this because there's you know there's a lot of cowboys out there in the in the crypto space yeah and you know and sequoia capital softbank investing in ftx like they're not they're not fringe players like they're kind of their names that people have heard of they're talking they're this real money that's the first worry that you get more and more of these sort of you see more naked people in the pool and more, <laughs> more people never, going bust never a good thing no, that's what you know uh oh yeah <laughs> the other thing is like there's there's this idea in economics called the deposit multiplier so so the central bank the way the basic theory of money is the central bank bank creates money they give it to the banks so they create a hundred dollars they give it to the banks the banks take a hundred dollars they lend out they keep some in reserves say 10 bucks and then they lend out 90 bucks so they lend that mm. to you you've yep. now got money you deposited in your bank there's another 90 bucks in in the bank there's now 190 dollars in the in theory they take that 90 dollars keep 10 percent and lend a 81 dollars out um there's now 270 odd dollars in the system and, and around it goes and so the, it's called the fractional reserve system and a lot of money is the, the money that's in the economy a lot of that is created in the banking system not just it's, it's what happens with central banks matters but it also it's about what the banks do with it so you've got a situation here where the the money goes into ftx which then gets lent out to alameda and then gets leveraged into other bets you have an expansion of the money supply based on this leverage mm. does that make sense and so like a look at the total market cap of crypto you know it's 800 billion or something the the basic story is that that 800 billion dollars from the broader economy has come into the crypto space that's how that's often presented talk about how big it is but it might not be that at all it might only be that 100 billion has come into crypto and then within the crypto ecosystem it's been leveraged up and up and up and up and up into 800 billion right I remember someone years ago talking about how Bitcoin and crypto was a deflationary currency rather than inflationary currency because supply is limited. 
Supply is not limited if there's no checks and balances on that deposit multiplier, on, on how much is getting right. distributed through the financial system through leverage. It can be very, you can have a very inflationary currency. That's not actually a thing, but it could be in that language, a very inflationary right. currency, um, depending on that on that multiplier and that leverage. So if if there's a big risk off kind of flavor now in crypto because everyone's like, whoa, this is things are looking dicey. We need to check ourselves. That could deleverage without sort of any money leaving the system. It, crypto could itself just deleverage without any fiat right. being pulled out of crypto. Does that make sense? So then crypto prices generally go down mm. as the whole market is deleveraged, as people start call, calling in their debts. Yeah, and that could happen without any individual in the crypto space thinking, I'm going to take my money out of crypto and put it in fiat. Right. doesn't need to happen. You can have a collapse in crypto, crypto prices without any money leaving the crypto ecosystem. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, as much as anything you say does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that makes sense. All right, cool. So I can't quite th- visualize it, but I, I kind of get it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like it's like a souffle that's deflating. You haven't you haven't, you haven't opened the oven, but it's still deflating. <laughs> Oh man, do I look like someone who regularly deals with souffle? <laughs> I've got no idea what a souffle looks like. <laughs> okay, so the, the third and the third implication for prices is what happens if everyone leaves exchanges? So a lot of people mm. saying like, see, you, you need your money in a cold wallet. You can't have, you can't leave your money on an exchange. It's not safe if it's not. Not your keys, not your Bitcoin, whatever that yeah, saying yeah, is. Yeah. A lot of people are saying, like, this is, this is the proof, right? You've you got to get off the exchange. But ex- what do exchanges facilitate? They facilitate speculative trading. You know, if you're, if you're going in and out and day trading currencies, you don't want to be going in and out of your, your cold wallet. You need to be on an exchange where, that, where you can execute quickly and nimbly. That's what exchanges do. That's why they're so popular. They're also popular because it's easy, you know, like putting yeah. it in a cold storage wallet or, you know, saving it on your computer somewhere and making sure that you're appropriately protecting your keys and all that. Yeah. That's hard. Oh, like, yeah. you know, people don't want to don't want to do that. Yeah. And we've come to trust online services far too much. <laughs> but but we do. Yeah, that's right. So the exchanges facilitate speculative trading. If everyone goes off exchanges because they don't trust them, and there's good and like Binance now is the the you know the biggest character standing. There's been questions over Binance's money and management. We don't even know where Binance is located. So that, I mean, it's, it's hardly like it leaves a strong player standing. So if everyone goes off exchanges and goes like, okay, that's not safe. What happens to speculative trading? Because that's what they facilitate. Maybe that so that diminishes. I mean, in the extreme, exchanges evaporate. Speculative trading evaporates. What happens to the prices of cryptocurrencies is speculative trading evaporates. Now, the price of a currency is determined by supply and demand. Demand comes from two places, either buying because you're actually using the currency in a transactional sense, or you're speculating on it. Now, look at Bitcoin. What share of daily volumes is speculative and what share is transactional? People actually buying stuff, not much. 0.1% 0.1% tops, I don't know. Like it's a small number. Yeah, yeah. But the price... Just pop, pretty much just the population of El Salvador. <laughs> 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 but 
But even I don't imagine they're having a great time of it, to be honest. Uh, Wouldn't surprise me if most El Salvadorians have just gone, yeah, no, we're not getting involved with that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, like, if there's no speculative trading, where does the price of Bitcoin end up, right? Like, so the extreme is that it goes to zero because there's, or it goes to whatever value you need for, for that transactional thing. That's not going to happen. There's still people who believe in, it, believe in it, but, and there'll still be speculation on it. But mm. the, point, the point I've been making the whole time with, with crypto is it's like, yes, you know, crypto is amazing, blockchain's amazing, but none of that, you can't then just jump then into like insane valuations for the currencies, for the coins themselves. Because there's a lot that needs to be unpacked for that and that, that sort of value discovery. You don't know what the true value is until the speculative trading stabilizes. It becomes a you know, steady portion of, of daily volumes. I loved, I loved um, Warren Buffett's quote. He said, <laughs> I, I wouldn't give you $25 for all the Bitcoin in the world. Yeah. <laughs> That's where he pegs it. Even with all of his wealth... <laughs> He's not even taking a punt with 25 bucks on all of Bitcoin. <laughs> He's willing to break a 50 for it even. <laughs> so that's crypto prices and, and I guess the, is there then broader implications for the rest of asset markets? Yeah, the thing, the thing I reckon about this is I reckon this is the end of the happy Gilmore phase of markets. So mm. happy Gilmore was that Adam Sandler character. Um, yeah played golf movie. yeah and you know and get in the hole <laughs> go to your hole sorry I'm just reliving yeah yeah small snippets of that movie in my head um <laughs> yeah but so Happy Gilmore came to golf brought like total disrespect for the for the institution of golf and won you know meme That's stocks like John Daly yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, so meme stocks and crypto were the happy Gilmore trades of mm. the past five years or whatever. They're, mm. they're cases where people went in and go like, I don't give a stuff about the, the institutions or the rules. I'm just going to do my own thing. And for a while there, all the happy Gilmores were happy. They're making money and things are great. Yeah. But, you know, there's people who bought into GameStop at $250 a share. There's people who put all their money in FTX. You know, there's people you know who bought bitcoin back when it was 69,000 they're all hurting right now and mm. i think it's sort of like it's a bit of an awakening and i think you know the technology moved it was a technology driven movement in the sense of like robin hood trading and then ftx and making crypto trading easy and people got into it and for a while it was all good and then you realize like ah actually there isn't easy money there's no free money you know if you want to be a Bitcoin crypto trader, the crypto day trader, you need to have some amazing systems. It's not just get everyone in and good times and Lamborghinis for mm. everybody. So it's sort of like, I think it's a maturing of the market in general, but I think it means that we're probably past seeing happy Gilmore booms, you know, right. like, like GameStop and crypto, those booms were driven by sort of people going in and going, yeah, whatever, we're sticking it to the man, you know, taking it to Wall Street. And it's like people go, oh, actually, no, we didn't take it to Wall Street. We didn't change the game. We just redistributed wealth in a weird way. And a lot of poor people ended up poorer. Right. Well, that's quite a good explanation, I think. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that keeps just <laughs> keeps bouncing around in my head is 
that we've been here before. We've we're just in the trough of disillusionment. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we just need give it a few months, let this all calm down. Just that, that get that hype cycle start building again, and off we go. Yeah. Um, because crypto had a big, you know, yeah. We're just we're still just coming off the big spike in crypto of the pandemic crypto. Before that, there was another spike where everyone made heaps, lost heaps, mm-hmm. and then they said crypto's dead. That's the end. Forget about it. We'll go home. And then the pandemic hit, and suddenly everyone was like, "Well, I reckon crypto is where it's gonna." You know, this is the solution. Yeah. Um, and it all kicked off again. So um, I think I think that's true, but I think there's technology was a factor as well. And I think like, you know, the in the 2017 boom or whatever, there wasn't a Binance, there wasn't an FTX, there wasn't apps where you could just, where, you know, every, you know, Joe Average could, could make trades. Well, wasn't well, there? I bought some during that time. It was no, and it I was don't. different. It was harder, I reckon. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't hard, hard. No, I remember going back to the CoinSpot account that I opened in 2018 when, I, when it all started kicking off again in 2021 or whatever, 2020, and just being like, "Oh, I've got some, <laughs> I've got some ripples still floating <laughs> around. <laughs> Look, it's gone up 300 percent. Made 28 dollars." So, yeah, no, I think that those platforms were around. That, I don't know. I just, I think, yeah, I hear what you're saying and I agree with what you're saying. You need something to level up the, the, the market. You need to pull more people into it, you know, and it, it just gets harder and harder. The, the cost of acquisition for crypto as a space is getting higher. You know, you've had crypto sponsoring footy teams. Everyone knows mm. about it now. Everyone's watching yeah. it go, you know, people get burnt they're not going to be just jumping in next next thing going yep this is going to the moon they're going to they're going to be jumping in going like this is a boom and it will bust some mm. point you know that's that's what that's the maturity that's the new thing that'll be in the next cycle is that people in the cycle will be aware that they're in a cycle mm, maybe mm. not if we get in early if we get into the schools <laughs> get, some, get some grassroots crypto <laughs> <laughs> programs going on official sponsor of maths <laughs> <laughs> crypto.com there <laughs> official crypto exchange of brighton primary school uh, all right okay um well, i reckon that 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 does it for for this one um hopefully that's given you a good a good overview of uh, what's happening in the crypto sphere at the moment, why everyone's talking about FTX. Uh, as I mentioned, check out Crypto Curious and The Dive for even more on the FTX story. Uh, Bryce and Alec covered it as well on uh, Equity Mates Investing Podcast just briefly this week. Um, so if you're interested at all, check out those other podcasts. And of course, don't forget to tune in to Comedian versus Economist this week as well, uh, releasing not just this one, but two podcasts this week. So make sure you uh, tune in for the regular show as well. But uh, that's it from us. We will catch you next time on Comedian versus Economist. Bye for now. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if 
it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.